0: Hey, y'all. Real quick, before we get started, wanted to let you know I am re-editing this episode, um, actually the day after I first released it. Um, If this is your first time listening, I'm not taking anything away, I'm just adding some stuff at the end. If this is your second time listening, then you can skip to 21.30, that's 21 minutes and 30 seconds into the podcast, to just listen to the new part. All
1: right, thanks.
0: Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Lara. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Hello, friends. I hope you are having a fantastic weekend because I'm having a fantastic weekend. Uh, yesterday, the weather was so nice, it was sunny and 70s, and I got a lot of work done in my backyard, in my garden, and I spent time with my mom. And then today, I did a five mile urban hike this morning. So I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, this was through KC Urban Hikes again. Um, so if you haven't listened to my adventure uh, mini from my last hike, I'll give you a little rundown about them. Um, so Urban Hikes KC, go to urbanhikeskc.com to look them up. I um, highly suggest y'all one. Started by Lisa, um, I think she said three years ago. And it's become very popular. They have several different hikes now. Let's see One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Okay, whew. Um, they've added several new hikes. Um, since I hiked with them in June. So at the time they had like eight hikes, now they have 15. Um, So they have a KCK Third Friday's Golden Hour Kaw Point Urban Hike. They have a Yoga Flow Urban Hike. Um, You know what, actually it's not listed on here, but I know that they have a Fit, like FIT, the High Fit Exercise Program. They have one of those hikes. They have a Strawberry Hill Museum hike, in addition to just a regular Strawberry Hill hike. They have a um, Plaza Lights hike. They have a couple of different um, artsy murals hikes through the crossroads. They have a Sunset Crossroads West Side hike. Um, they ha- have, this is a really new one, a Lewis and Clark Trail 10 mile bike ride. They have a short Sunset River Market Urban Hike, they have a coffee hike, they have a um, uh, totally blanking, you know, I'm looking for it, here we go, um, wine and cheese hike, and then their other brand new one, like yesterday, was their very first hike, and so today was only the second time they've done this hike, is Hilly Historic Northeast. It was awesome. I've been wanting to check out this area of the city for a while. Um, So we started off in Pendleton Heights at PH Coffee. And I don't like coffee, but I tried their chai, and that was really good, y'all. So Pendleton Pendleton Heights is a historic neighborhood. And according to uh, Jenny, who was our hike guide. Um, it is the first, or one of the first, I don't remember at the moment, which she said, um, suburbs of Kansas City. And it's full of really beautiful architecture, lots of Victorian homes, um, also Queen Anne style and some colonial. And right across the street from PH Coffee is a mural done by, um, I-raycon? Hang on, let me uh, look them up real quick. Okay, so looking it up didn't really help. Um, I've only heard this said aloud once, and I don't remember the exact pronunciation, so I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's I-T-R-A-I-C-O-N-S. So, it it <laughs> I Itra-icon? I really don't know. Um, anyways... If you've been following my um, homegrown KC adventure, hashtag street art, um, I see them all over Kansas City and they have become one of my favorite muralists. Um, I feel like anytime I'm like, oh man, I love this image, you know, the content, I love the colors, it's either these guys. And um, I thought that it was one person or maybe two, and then uh, today I found out it's actually a group of ten um, artists that work together to, to use this um, particular name. <clears throat> Anyways, it's either them or it's psych who is also all over Kansas City. And it's a really beautiful image of these two kids who are writing letters to one another. Um, and one of them, it shows the letter and it actually says, um, I miss my abuela because it's all about staying at home during COVID. Um, this is the first street art I've seen that deals with COVID and it's, it's a really beautiful image. There's nothing sad about it, but I just wonder like in 10 years and 20 years, how are we going to look back on this art? Like how will it be interpreted? Will there be more art that deals with this subject? Just kind of interesting to idolize about. Anyways, um, so we started off in Pendleton Heights. Then we took a hike through the woods. Oh, sorry, I meant to say this when I first started talking about this hike. Okay, so in her description, Lisa has that it is intense hike because there are a lot of hills and a lot of stairs. And I'm like, all right, look, Lisa is super fit. She goes on like serious hikes all the time, not just urban hikes, not that they're not serious, but like really intense hikes, right? And she does mile long bike trails. So I'm like, if you are calling this intense, I'm expecting it to be a 10 on a one to 10 scale, right? So um, in preparation, I've been taking the stairs every day at work, um, actually started doing that because our elevator broke and I didn't want to wait five minutes for the elevator that was still working. Um, but the stairs, my building is really old and for whatever reason, the stairs are really steep. And so it's like, okay, well, this is just good exercise period. And then once I decided to do the hike, I'm like, all right, yeah, this is good. This is good prep work. Um, and I was expecting it to be, like, stairs everywhere and really steep hills, um, and I, I don't think it was that intense, honestly. If you have any kind of mobility issue, you can't do this hike, I'm sorry, and I say that not because of the stairs, there was one set of stairs, they really weren't that bad, but because this hike goes through, um, it cuts through a wooded area, and it was gorgeous, um, I wish there had been a a few more leaves still left on the tree, but what was left was, was really beautiful. But, um, the trail that we walked on was really narrow. It did have a couple of steep spots and there were rocks and sticks hiding under the leaves. So any kind of mobility issue, you cannot do this hike. I'm sorry. But if you are reasonably fit, um, And, I mean, if you can walk five miles without dying, then you can do this hike. I would say it's a four on a one to ten scale. Um, If I had done this without taking the stairs at work, I'd probably still call it maybe a five. Anyways, um, walked through the woods. That was awesome. Once you get in there, it doesn't take long at all before, you know, you see nothing but trees. This is the city? No, this doesn't feel like city. This this is not city. But it is, it's right in the middle of the city. Well, not exactly. I mean it's the northeast part of the city. Um and we get out and we came out at um what was the name of this lake? Or pond. And it's not big enough to be a lake. It's really a pond. Um now I cannot remember the name of it. Hang on, I'm gonna stop and see if I can look up the name. Okay, yeah, so my guess was right. It's um, North Terrace Park Lake. And um, she said that they had had to go earlier in the week to clean up trash to make it look nice before they took folks on the site, which is so sad. Why is it that the most natural locations gather the most trash? I, I don't get it. Surely those are the ones that you want to keep most pristine. Um, but with the trees reflecting off the water, it was really pretty. And then we walked along cliff drive. Um, and so here's the thing about cliff drive. It has a very long history in Kansas city. Um, started in the late 1800s, early 1900s, um, designed by Kessler as a part of the, uh, creation of the parks and Boulevard system which was all about um, beautifying the city, the, the city beautiful move, movement that I briefly mentioned in my, oh, I want to say that was one of the early ones from the um, Nelson Art Museum. Um, I didn't say the right, Nelson Atkins Museum of Art episodes. Um, not the first, well, maybe the first one, maybe the first or the second one. Where I talked about the creation of that museum um, and I spent a little bit of time this summer researching the parks and Boulevard system um, definitely a future podcast series. so I learned all about Kelsey and his um, creation of the parks is all very cool and it's a really nice um, cliff Drive it's it's really nice so. First, it was just for walking, right? And then they had horse-drawn carriages, so they're like, okay, horse-drawn carriages. And then in the early 1900s, like 1900s and 1910s, they're like, okay, cars. Um, and then that was, was swiftly denied, like, nope, pedestrian only. <laughs> um, and then, of course, since then, they've opened it up to cars again, and they closed it off to cars again. Um starting in just a few days, actually, I think she said it was like November 2nd or November 3rd, there's going to be a uh, Christmas lights display drive through on, bull- um, on the drive, excuse me, not Boulevard. Um, it's the one that has been at Swope Park for, I don't even know how long, years and years. They've just transferred it to Cliff Drive. And I don't know why I had read that they were doing this and I was like, Oh sweet. I want to do that thinking it was a walkthrough because anytime I do a drive through display, I'm like, stop, stop, stop. I need to get a photo. And my driver's like, no Lord, we have cars behind us. We can't stop. And so even if they're creeping along as slow as they can, it's just enough movement that my phone can't get a photo without it being blurry. Um, a little bit disappointed to hear that this is still a drive through exhibit and not a walkthrough because it would be so cool as a walkthrough. But I think it'll still be pretty exciting. Um, and they did have the lights set up in preparation because, like I said, it's, it's opening in just a few days. So we got to see um they had a display that was Royals, a display that was Chiefs. I got a photo of the Chiefs one. Um, they had one of the skyline. I wish I had gotten a photo of that one, but it was further down from where we were and in the opposite direction of the way that we were going. <laughs> um, and then they had all the animals. They had a bunch of like globes. That was really cool. Just, it, yeah, awesome. Um, at the end of our walk through Cliff Drive, um, we did not get as far as Kessler Waterfall. We... I don't even know exactly. We weren't on the drive for very long, to be honest with you. We didn't get too far. But we walked up the stairs. I didn't count how many there were. I think there were four or five flights. Not too long. Um, and at first it was like, oh, this is so easy. And then I got halfway up and I'm like, you know what? Actually, these are almost too shallow because I'm really starting to feel it. <laughs> and I feel like my stride is not long enough. But we walked up the stairs. Um, were able to see out over North, into North Kansas City across the river. Um, then walked up a hill to Skerritt Point. Okay, so we got to see the castle that's right there, and I want to say that was Skerritt Castle. Does that sound right? Let me look that up. Hang on. Okay, no, that is not correct. Um, Google, no, wait, hang on, that says Shawnee, Kansas. Hmm. Okay, so I don't know which um, what the name of this place is. It's a private residence. Oh my god. Gorgeous. I want to live in this castle. But it's right across the street from the Kansas City Museum. So the KC Museum was our halfway point. And I've been wanting to visit the museum since it opened like a year ago. And I just haven't done it yet for whatever reason or reasons. Oh my God. We had 20 minutes there to take a break and go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay, I can take a really quick peek at a couple of rooms, but I, I can't actually read anything because I will get sucked in. And I need to go back to this museum really soon. When you walk in to the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, that sense of awe that you get. Okay. That's the way I felt when I walked in here. The outside of the building, I mean, it's an old Victorian home, it's really nice. When you walk in, oh my god, beautiful hardwood, um, like, mm, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a part of the wall, but it's not the wall itself. Beautiful marble floors, beautiful marble staircase. Uh, intricately crenulated ceilings, giant stained glass window, just the inside of the building is so gorgeous. Like you would think walking inside, it will be pretty. It's even more pretty than it looks from the like it would be from the outside. And like I said, they just reopened like a year ago. It had been closed for 13 years for renovations. And um, at one time, when was this? I want to say like 2012. I had gone into the museum for a meeting that was being held there for a, um, what was it? I don't remember. I think it was a student work project that I had worked on for a semester or something like that. Um, and I was there for like uh, an hour. And it was bare, bare, bare walls. They had Taken out walls. Um, There were holes in floors. It was really bad. Um, If you hadn't seen it, you would never guess. I cannot get over how beautiful this building is. And it has some modern flourishes to it that somehow just are like seamless. It's amazing. So that will be another homegrown KC adventure minisode. watch out for that sometime in the next few months, I imagine. Um, and then we walked through Scare Point, saw some more beautiful Victorian houses. Victorian is, pr- I mean, that style of house, that's probably my favorite. Mm, maybe tied with Queen Anne. I also super love Queen Anne's historic style. Um, Anyways, we went by the colonnade, which was really pretty, also a part of the Parks and Boulevard system. And in the center of the colonnade, there was a fountain at one time, and then they took it out a few decades ago, 1940s, I think she said. It's too bad that they did, because that space screams, large, majestic fountain here. Um, Instead, there is this actually rather small um, column dedicated to JFK. Um, walked back through the park a little bit. And then the last thing that we saw on our hike was the reservoir. And I'm so glad this was included because I've seen photos of it on some of the, um, historic Facebook groups I'm a part of. Let me rephrase that. A part of the some Kansas City history groups I'm a part of on Facebook. There we go. And I mean, it's just, it's like really funky and cool looking and I really wanted to visit it, but I didn't know like how to get there or if I was allowed to, if I'd have to sneak in. There is a fence all the way around it, um, but the gate was wide open and we were it was like, okay, walk in, just uh, be careful and don't fall and die. So it is the size of a football field. And, I mean, first off, you're like, okay, yeah, I know how big a football field is. This looked and felt larger for whatever reason. It's totally overgrown. There's, like, a forest growing inside of it. And the bits of cement that are not overgrown are completely covered with graffiti. So I tried to get some cool images of that. That's definitely going to be up on my social media pages. Um... But she was telling us um, the story behind the reservoir as well. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I knew of the reservoir and that it had been abandoned, but I didn't know why or anything. That was pretty cool. So i um, definitely going to cover that in a future topic. Maybe I'm kind of thinking now I need to do a series that's just on the history of this part of the, the city. And so if I do that, that'll definitely be a topic in that series. Okay y'all, so here's this new edition. Um, Last night, I had someone comment on the Homegrown KC adventure on one of those social media pages and said they didn't think that we should be glorifying graffiti in a natural space. So first off, I want to say thank you again for reaching out with your comment um, because you helped me realize I really should have said more about the reservoir and developed what i was thinking and and put it in words Um, so i will just reiterate what i responded to which was i get where you're coming from 100 and if this were a natural environment i would absolutely be against graffiti um, or anything that would damage it because we need to protect our environments however i would like to emphasize once more, this is not a natural space. This is an abandoned reservoir. Now, that being said, it is a little bit over 100 years old, and under other circumstances, I would, again, 100% be against graffiti on a building of historic, or any site of historic significance. However, despite its age... As far as I can tell, there doesn't appear to be any historical significance. Now, there might be archaeological significance buried underneath of it. You know, no way to know. Um, There might be architectural significance. I haven't done a deep dive, so again, I don't know. However, due to the fact that it was so quickly abandoned, and that the new reservoir that they built to replace it was with... um, more advanced technology at the time, I would say this probably doesn't have any architectural significance. There doesn't seem to be any um, events of historical importance that took place there. So aside from the age, I really don't think it has historical significance. Therefore, I think that the way that It has been co-opted by this outside, underground art community. is really interesting from a modern, um, historical-slash-cultural-anthropologic-slash-sociological perspective. Um, And I will go ahead and say that graffiti is a form of art. I know that for hundreds of years... Especially in America, it has been considered vandalism, considered a crime. And it's only within the past 10 years, maybe 15 or 20, I'm leaning more towards 10, that it's been considered an art form. Um, and therefore, I know a lot of people still don't consider it an art form, still consider it vandalism, and would therefore disapprove. But... um I've done a little bit of reading on murals, street art, and graffiti as forms uh, and expressions of identity, and the little bit that I read so far is really interesting. I would like to dig into that further. So um, if you agree with my commentator that the graffiti is bad, please reach out. Let me know how you feel about this. If you are a member of this art community and you think the graffiti is a good thing. Please reach out. I would love to hear both perspectives. I welcome the debate. However, please be respectful and courteous to others even if they have a different opinion than you. If y'all start getting hateful, I'm going to block you, and I don't want to have to do that. Okay, thanks. See y'all later. That's it for today. Um please check out Urban Hex KC wonderful organization, super cool hikes, lots of fun. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you will become a financial supporter of the show if you are able. There are several ways you can do so. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc, or you can give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or at coffee.com ficom homegrownkc. That's ko-fi.com slash homegrownkc. You can give as little or as much as you want, even as little as a dollar. And once you sign up, um, create your account and subscribe to the show, you'll be charged on that day and then on the first of every month following. If you become a patron, if you become a monthly subscriber, you get three things. One, you get an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less. Two, you get a shout out on every episode and every social media post. So thank you, Bjorn, Joan, and Gina, for your continued support. And three, you get access to exclusive bonus content featuring local historians, archivists, and other museum experts. And, um, examples of this are, that are currently available to all of my listeners are Redlined KC. That was with um, Andrew Gustafsson almost forgot. Gustafson, there we go. Um, uh, from the Johnson County uh, Museum, and it's all about their exhibit on redlining in Kansas City. Um, another example is my conversation with Second Chief Louisa Libby of the Wyandot Nation of Kansas. That one, the one with Chief Libby, is going to be available to y'all forever because it's really important to me that her story be told in her words. The one um, about redlining has been available this year, but it will only be available for a few more months. Um, December 31st is the last day to listen to that one, so listen to it while you still can. If you only give a one-time donation, you do not receive access to that exclusive content, and you do not receive anything from the merchandise store, but I will give you a shout-out on the next available episode. Also, if you decide to do a donation on coffee, 1% automatically goes to fight climate change. If you can't support me monetarily, which I understand, you can still support me by following and subscribing to my social media pages. That's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and Tumblr. I also have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm still working, researching how to turn my episodes into videos for YouTube. So um, please subscribe to YouTube. I'm going to work on beefing that up. You can also visit my website for additional information on every topic. That's homegrownkc.wordpress.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter there. On the first of every month, you'll get a short email that says, here's what's new and going on with the podcast. Here's what to expect. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkcpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Or you can DM me on any of my social media networks. I love to hear from y'all. If you want to see what merchandise is available, go to www.zazzle.com slash store slash homegrown underscore KC underscore store. Again, that's www.zazzle.com slash store slash homegrown underscore KC underscore store. Um, real quick, before I forget, I want to put in one more plug For if you are free next Saturday, November 5th, please come to the Hub Argentine Community Garden. We're planting our orchard and we need as much help as we can get. Coffee and donuts will be provided for breakfast as well as bread and soup for lunch. That'll be from 9.30 to 12.30. Uh, If you want more information, you can just Google the Hub Argentine or um, I have info about it on my Facebook and Instagram. Thank you goes out to my talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, for the creation of my logo, to the dear missus for the use of their song Kansas City as the intro and outro music of the show, and to local libraries which enabled me to gather all my research. Thanks for listening. Cheers.